Welcome to the Comics Course, a podcast offering by Miskatonic University's Remote Education Program, offering Literature 209, Graphical Literature and Society and History. I am your Professor Hamby, accompanied by my TA, Rowan. Say hello, Rowan. Hello, Rowan. If you have comments or questions, I'm on Twitter as Prof Hamby. That is P-R-O-F-H-A-M-B-Y. Let's get class started. Class is in session! All right. Now, about five minutes ago, our time, and a few days, your time, we did A Doll's House with Sandman, a major part of which was the amulet, or ring, because Neil Gaiman liked using an obscure-ass word. <laughs> um, but I love obscure-ass words, so I'm kind of glad he did. You know, that that's one of the things. If you're going to be a lit person... You probably enjoy strange words. Because words are fun. They are. I love words. So, an amulet, a ring. Uh, I had a question from one of our listeners, Lynn, who asked, what's up with rings in comic books? They seem everywhere. And I mentioned this topic to you, and what did you say to me? It's always a ring. It's always a ring. That was your, exactly what you said. They always have a ring. Now, I want to hear from you first. Why did you say that? What do you think of in comic books when we talk about rings? When It just feels like if there is a magic piece of jewelry, it's a ring. Okay. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't think it's always true. I mean, there, there are examples I can think of of amulets and things like that. And I, I'm going to talk about rings and literature for a little bit. And... Th- I'm going to bury the lead because the point I have to make, I'm going to make after I've talked about this stuff. So bear with me a little bit because rings, rings have been found in almost every ancient human civilization. Uh, Not every single one of them, but most of them, certainly majors. I mean, we can go to South America, we can go to Europe, we can go to Asia, we can find as soon as there was metallurgy rings. And even pre-metallurgy, there's a good chance there were rings made from wood and things like that, um, though they may have decayed and been lost over time. So our major examples exist from places with metallurgy. Uh, Indeed, some cultures made lots of them. I mean, I know a lot of people don't think of the Norse when they talk about the technology of smithing and metallurgy, but they definitely uh, uh, were a very advanced culture in terms of smithing. Uh, And rings were a major part of their cosmetic decorations. And certainly not only them. Now, we talked about with the amulet in Sandman that a ring is partially a symbol because it is a perfect circle. If you were to flatten it, it could be a single dimension without uh, any secondary edge. It can represent eternity, uh, an unbroken line. And you will find scholars who talk about that symbolism a lot. The symbolism of a ring and infinity. However, I, you know, as tempting as it is to do that kind of anthropological sociology or anthropological reading of symbolism, I think that's mostly bullshit here. Agreed. I think that if you make an effort to go into the headspace of people from 10,000, 15,000 years ago, they didn't sit around and go, the ring represents 
power without beginning or end, a perfect, unbroken circle. Instead, I think they went, you know what? I've got a dirt floor hut. We occasionally find some uh, 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 leaves to put over it from these big-ass trees. Um, a good storm will destroy my house. I live day to day. That motherfucker has a gold ring. He must be the important guy here. Well, I don't understand with historians and archaeologists and stuff. It's like they assume everyone had great deep thoughts. Can you look at today's humans? Yeah. People, I mean, I'm not trying to be an elitist here, but I I have four word I have five words for you. Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. If you want proof that people are not necessarily all that bright, look at some of the modern political leadership. And also, just most of us aren't thinking deeply most of the time. And what I've seen from the new British PM, uh, Liv Truss, um, she might actually be even... I mean, at least Boris Johnson was not actually dumb. He just played dumb to manipulate dumb people. I think she might actually be Donald Trump dumb. Which is kind of scary. I'd hope that the Brits were better than us in that regard. Maybe not. Mm, we were made out of the same stock. Yep, that is true. But anyway, I you know, all this symbolism about rings, I just think it's rubbish. Mm-hmm. I think that rings were valuable for a few reasons. One, they're hard to make. Mm-hmm. I mean, making a rough sword is not that hard. Making a good sword is extremely hard. I'm not trying to put down smithing or blade crafting at all. But making something that can be held, that has something edgy-like to it, and you can smack things with, is not actually that hard. Mm-hmm. A really good sword is amazingly hard, though. I just want to put that out there so people aren't like, Okay, Professor, let's educate you about bladesmithing. No, I, I'm familiar with bladesmithing. Good bladesmithing, very hard. But a crude blade, not that hard. Making a ring fitted for someone's fingers, that small, delicate work with primitive tools 15, 20,000 years ago, that would have been incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. So, fitting it to people's hands, yeah, it, it would have been a symbol of wealth and prestige. And a symbol that you probably didn't do a whole lot of manual labor. If, you know, during the day you were able to keep it on, right? Mm -hmm. You were a priest. You were a shaman. You were somebody who maybe did their equivalent of paperwork back at the time. So, yes, I think rings were a symbol of prestige, power, wealth, status. Not infinity to people. And we can see this as we move on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've heard of signet rings, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Guess what? The average farmer did not have a signet ring. Shocker, really? Who had signet rings? Kings! Uh, uh, bishops! You know, people of power and import. And money. And the rings were always on them. Uh, there's a famous film called The Godfather, which I don't know if you've ever seen, but there's a scene where the Godfather, Corleone, sits there and has one of the people kowtowing him uh, get on their knees to kiss their ring. Because the ring is a symbol of their power. 
And that's taken from history. People did that with kings and such. Kiss their rings. So rings have been symbols of power, uh, at least in Western culture, for a long time. And my understanding that's true in other cultures as well. And, let's, and rings have been magic powers in culture for ages. Uh, one of the most powerful magical artifacts in popular lore was the Seal of Solomon, mm-hmm. which is even discussed in the Bible. It was a ring... Uh, It was first written about by uh, Josephus in the first century. And actually, it may may not be in the Bible, uh, at least King James Version, sorry. Uh, But but certainly a popular part of Christian lore. And it supposedly gave the power to command spirits and talk to animals and bind demons. Okay. Uh, In fact, there's even manga series out there based on the premise of somebody, you know, inheriting the Seal of Solomon with... 333 demons bound to it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Tales of the Arabian Nights, uh, one of the orphan tales, which means it did not come over in the original transcription of them, with, but was later integrated by independent stories from storytellers. Uh, but there's the story of Aladdin and the magic lamp. But what some people, of course, forget is the lamp only contained one of the two genies of the story. A magic ring contained the other genie. Mm. Right? Right. I don't remember that. Uh, This idea was so natural that Plato even had a magic ring in his work, The Republic. Now, it was a metaphor. It was called the Ring of Gyges, worn by a character named Gyges. And knowing Plato, there's a good chance that he made it up entirely for the purpose of The Republic. But it's about a guy who's able to turn invisible and basically avoid responsibility for his actions. And it's about social responsibility because Plato's stories were metaphors for things about uh, uh, people and philosophy. Although, uh, also knowing Plato, it's perfectly possible that he took an existing story and modified it for this purpose. Uh, For those who don't know, for example, the story of Atlantis is derived from the Republic, which many people believe he modified from a story that was told to him by Egyptian traders. Mm. I actually never knew the origins of the Atlantis tales. Right. Now, some people claim that he didn't really create it, that he was just telling the story on. There's a good chance both are true. There's a good chance that he took this existing story and modified it and may have created the name Atlantis and you know tons of other details to fit his purposes. And... And rings that turn you invisible keep popping up through literature. Uh, Aristotle's Orlando Furiso, which is used as a source for the uh, romantic st- stories. And I term the use, I use the term romantic here, not meaning, li- you know, modern romance, you know, romantic attraction between people, but romantic in the classical literary sense. Um, of Charlemagne and his court, which was written in Italian in the 16th century. It has an invisible ring in it. Uh, the Welsh stories that were later collected in the... And this is Welsh, so I'm going to mispronounce it. Be prepared to be offended. Yes. Welsh listeners, prepare to hate my guts. The Mabinongian. Anyway, it was collected in the 14th century. Uh, and it had an, a magic ring in it that turned you invisible. Even Le, the death of Arthur, La Morte de Arthur, had a Gareth in it. Uh, Garrus' magic ring, which cast illusions about him and let him appear as somebody else and kept him from bleeding, which is kind of invisibility-ish, except for the not bleeding 
So, it didn't, is it unique to that? No, it just keeps going. Keeps going. Um, in, in, in Chinese folklore, there's a ring that makes you uh, succeed at any venture you attempt. Uh, dwarves forged a ring for Odin that would copy itself every so many days, a whole bunch of times, essentially giving Odin infinite wealth. Uh, Wagner, when he wrote The Ring Cycle, which is moving into more modern times, but obviously rings very important to that. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I could sit here for days going over stories of magic rings. Uh, European folklore, the fox uh, trickster, Reynard, uh, had a ring that he pretended to send to the Lion King and had three gems in it, each with its own magic power. Um, there's a, a one in a folk oriental folktale called the Four Talismans, where it's a ring that allows you to read the secrets of another person's heart. Uh, going back to Norse mythology again, there is a ring, and again, I'm going to try to pronounce something in a language I don't know. Uh, uh, so Scandi listeners may correct me here. But this is Old Norse. So that's my excuse. Uh, Andravanut. Andvari's gift. Uh, a magic ring that could help people find gold. The Norse liked gold. What can I say? And this continued on into modern time. Outside comic books. Uh, e even very modern fantasy. I mean, one of the most important magic artifacts in all of Harry Potter is a ring. Mm -hmm. The Resurrection Stone is a stone set into a ring. Mm -hmm. One of the three great, you know, artifacts, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, in the Magician's Nephew, there are powerful magic rings. And, of course, C.S. Lewis's buddy, J.R.R. Tolkien, did a few books about some magic rings you may have heard of. Probably not. They're kind of indie. In fact, yeah, they're kind of indie, but he and, and he wasn't very good at burying the lead because he called it the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a shit ton of magic rings in it. People forget this. They're like, oh, well, you know, the ring that had to be carried to Mount Doom was the magic ring in it. We got three, two elves and a wizard carrying magic rings in the book. They just don't talk about them much. And every freaking Nazgul had a magic ring, although they weren't wearing them because all the damage was done to them and they were taken back by... Anyway, we're not going to get that. Long story. And they were lost, but the dwarves had magic rings too. And there are presumably other magic rings out in the world, because when Gandalf talks to Bilbo, he's like, yeah, there are magic rings about. And he's not talking about the rings of power. He's just talking about, yeah, there are magic rings in the world, and you got one that can turn you invisible. That's cool. I hope it's not potentially dangerous. <laughs> Although, I mean, he does say something like, you know, well, well we better be sure. But, you know, and uh, we find out that Morgoth was a master of making magic rings and taught it to other people. So there are presumably even more magic rings out there in the world that aren't the One Ring or the rings tied to the One Ring. Right? Right. So my question after all this isn't, why are we surprised by magic rings in comics? But how could we not have so many magic rings in comics? I mean, they're all over classical mythology, folk tales, in the literature of our own age. Mm -hmm. They're a huge part of our fantasy culture. 
and have been since the beginning of it. Indeed. Um, I think you would be hard-pressed to find anything else as common in our ancient stuff as magic rings. Maybe swords. There's certainly a lot of magic swords in history, right? Mm -hmm. A few other magic weapons. I mean, of course, Odin had a magic spear. Thor had a magic hammer. Um, there are more magic rings in Norse mythology than those I mentioned, by the way. And there are swords like Excalibur. Uh, uh, Beowulf had a magic sword. But, honestly, a good few magic weapons. How about magic armor? I can think of a few magic shields, like Zeus's Aegis, or the mirrored shield of Perseus. Mm -hmm. But magic armor and shields? Not that many. Mm -hmm. A few magic boots and stuff like that, but nowhere near as many as rings. So, my contention would be that we have magic rings in comics because we have magic rings throughout Western folklore. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And indeed, let's look at how they've been used. Now, the immediate predecessor to comics were the pulp magazines. And I'm not going to go through every appearance of a magic ring in a pulp magazine, uh, but two of the biggest characters of the pulp age were vigilantes known respectively as the Spider and uh, uh, the Phantom. Mm -hmm. And guess what? While not magical, both of them wore signet rings that left a symbol relevant to them impressed on people's skin when they punched them. Mm -hmm. And that is, again is a status symbol. Hey, I'm here to bust up the underworld. I'm the big bad vigilante, and I'm literally leaving my mark on the flesh of those I defeat. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's not a my dick is bigger than yours move, I don't know what is. Kind of like getting somebody to sit down and kiss your ring. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a symbol of status and power. And by the time we get into comics... Rings are indeed all over the place. I mean, one of the... I, you may not know this, but one of the first superheroes was named Wonder Man. Mm -hmm. Not the most original name. No, they never are. But he was published in May 1939. We're talking about like a month or two after Superman here. Mm -hmm. And his powers were almost identical to Superman's at the time. Of course. Except his powers came from a magic ring he got in Tibet. Now, one of the reasons he's not well-known was uh, National Comics, which was DC Comics at the time, basically sued the whole company out of existence. Fun. DC had a something special going on, and they defended it as much as they could. Now, you, you were talking about magic rings that just do whatever is needed. Mm -hmm. um, now, a lot of people think of Green Lantern as the classic for that, but... There was a character named Diamond Jack from Slam Bang Comics that predated Mad Green Lantern. And it didn't create energy constructs, but just kind of did whatever he wanted it to do. You know, in his first appearance, he uses the ring to heal people and turn bullets into flowers when people try to shoot him and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then you get to Green Lantern, which is maybe one the iconic ring bearer 
and comics, right? Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the original Green Lantern used a magic ring mm -hmm. that he forged himself with a lantern from a green meteorite. And in the early issues, it didn't necessarily create energy constructs. He used it to walk through walls and have super strength and stuff like that. In fact, it was pretty undefined at the time. But it was a useful shtick because the art was crude. The the In fact, the art was very crude. And the printing was very low quality. And it was easier to tell who was the Green Lantern character out of costume if you could put a glowing green ring on his hand in civilian clothes. That... And then, of course, by the time you get to the Silver Age, you get a whole new idea of Green Lantern, this time as a space cop, essentially, mm -hmm. with a whole core, with, at that time, 3,600 Green Lanterns at a time. Over time, that changed. I mean, th there was one point where I think there was something like a million Green Lanterns active at a time. I don't know. I know there was one point, at least... Where they were like, okay, well, there are these Green Lanterns in these special sectors. And we're going to put two Green Lanterns in each sector. Except these sectors, which need some additional... And by the time it's done, I don't know. There's 7,000 Green Lanterns or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and these... And, and now, of course, in modern DC Comics, they also have all the other Lantern cores. There are Blue Lanterns and Black Lanterns and Ultraviolet Lanterns and Yellow Lanterns and Orange and Red and white and they all have rings mm -hmm. but tons of other examples uh in the golden age there was tnt and dynamite a superhero named tnt and his sidekick dynamite and they had to touch their rings together to activate their explosive powers uh lana lang teenage girlfriend of clark kent was given a ring by an alien to turn into the insect queen and give her shape-shifting powers the Mandarin, who we've talked about, in the movie version of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, they gave him these bands that wrapped around his arm. But in the comics, they were mm -hmm. ring, ten rings on his fingers mm -hmm. that he got from an alien ship and gave him, you know, abilities like anti-gravity and force beams and stuff. Um, the motif of the kid in a junk shop who finds a magic ring that gives him powers... Uh, there's a hero that did that back in the late Golden Age called The Fly. And in fact, in the original design of Spider-Man by Stan Lee, mm -hmm. Stan Lee had him being a little kid who used a magic ring to turn into Spider-Man. Mm, okay. So this was a repeated motif. In fact, there was a kid cartoon in the 80s called Hercules, where the kid summoned Hercules with his ring. Mm. Um, it just goes on and on and on. And there are rings without connections to powers or less important or different. Um, Lex Luthor in the 90s wore a ring of kryptonite as a sort of status symbol to keep Superman away. Although he later got cancer from it and had to chop off his hand. We don't talk about that. Uh, the Flash stored his costume in a ring. Mm -hmm. The Legion of Superheroes used rings as flying devices and emergency signals and symbols of their Legion membership. Mm. So, I mean, yes, rings are all over comics, but I guess my question is, shouldn't they be as a continuation? Uh, modern superhero comics are in many ways our modern folklore. 
you know, people used to sit around and tell stories of Reynard and the trouble he got into. And now they sit around and tell stories of the Justice League and the trouble they get into. And rings are convenient. You know, most devices are tied to a function. I think this is the other thing where people can talk about symbolism too much. If you have a magic weapon, let's say the Spear of Odin or Malnir or Excalibur, their function is probably somehow tied to their form. A weapon is a magic weapon. It's probably used to hurt things, right? Mm-hmm. A shield is probably magical in how it protects you. Boots are probably magical in how they help you move. Gauntlets are probably magically enhanced strength or your hands in some ways. A ring? A ring is open license. It doesn't have any functional purpose. It's a discreet, innocent piece of jewelry. In a story, if you have a guy walking down the street with a sword... People are going to go, why does that guy have a sword? Somebody call the cops. Mm -hmm. If they walk down the street wearing a ring, it's not going to attract attention. If you make a sword as a magic weapon so that somebody can slice through, say, buildings, Mm -hmm. 20 issues later, if you needed to do something else, it might be inconvenient and sound weird. But a ring that suddenly has a new power, well, it doesn't really have powers associated with its shape anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just something you wear. Mm-hmm. If a kid gets it from a shop and cleans it up and turns out to be able to summon a genie, okay, well, I mean, a kid with a ring. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Unlike if, say, they had, uh, you know, if a kid shows up with a lantern, somebody's going to be like, uh, I, you can't have the oil to light that. We're not giving flammable materials to a little kid. Mm-hmm. Little kid can't show up. You know, if people, if a kid starts carrying a shield around or wearing, you know, funky archaic boots, people are going to have questions. Mm-hmm. But if a kid finds at a junk shop a ring and cleans it up and wears it, people just go, oh, that's cool. You found a neat ring and mm-hmm. cleaned it up. So there's story. So let's break this down a little bit. Rings continue to be used because they're symbols of status. Indeed, for the Green Lanterns, the rings effectively serve the purpose as lawman badges. They're not tied to a specific functional form of any kind. Again, very well symbolized by the Green Lantern Corps because they literally use them to create energy constructs limited only by their willpower and imagination. And they're inconspicuous. So in civilian guises, uh, they don't attract attention. And can be kept on your person at all times. So this this is one of the fascinating things about rings. They're both inconspicuous in status symbols. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is why often in stories, when the ring's power emerges, you know, the ring seems to change in some way, like start glowing or something. So, does that answer your question of why is it always a ring? Yes. Does it answer the question about... You know, why they're so prevalent. Yes. Do you have any other theories? No. Folks listening cannot know this, but while we're doing this, Rowan is playing a rhythm game. And I'm not sure completely paying attention. I'm paying attention. What's the last thing I said? What's the first thing I said? What's the middle thing I said? Answer the second question first. 
What was the second one? I don't even know. All right, I'm done harassing my TA. I'm done holding people here. Class is dismissed. Class is over, but before you leave your seats, we have one more teaching moment. New podcasts drop on Mondays and Thursdays. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tons of other platforms, as well as YouTube. Our hosting is at comicscourse.captivate.fm, which also has our RSS feed. If you want to find our website, TikTok, any of that other stuff, constantly updated list is at linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Prof Hamby.